This morning I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and make your way to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 26. Periodically as I'm reading through the book of Proverbs, uh, and I think I had mentioned to you folks, I try to read one proverb a day. Um, it uh, there, there are certain verses that stick with me, and uh, I... Uh, think that the Lord would have us investigate these a little bit deeper, and this would be one of those verses today. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter number 26 and verse number 9. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse number 9. As you make your way to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 26, verse number 9. One verse, one proverb today. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. The title of the message this morning is, A Thorn in the Hand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. We rejoice in you. We thank you, Lord, that you put within our hearts a desire to be here. We do seek your forgiveness in areas where we failed and sinned against you this past week. And Lord, it's a, new, it's a new day, it's a new week. We recognize the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ by being in your house on the first day of the week. And we know that you uh, say to your people and said to your people that you get glory uh, in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and world without end. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you in your house today and to worship you. Lord, as we deal with the practical and spiritual message this morning, Help us to be focused on you and what you want us to see from this proverb. We do thank you for the proverbs that literally serve as guideposts uh, as to how we are to live on this earth. We thank you for giving us your guidance and your inspired and errant and infallible word. Lord, help us not to just know it in our minds, but to live it in our lives and to believe it in our hearts. We thank you for your mercy and kindness shown to us through the sacrifice of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. A thorn in the hand. Everyone, I'm sure, can conjure up in your mind an image of a stumbling drunk. Somebody who's completely intoxicated, overcome with liquor or alcohol. They are seemingly out of their mind, out of control, oblivious to the surroundings in which they find themselves. Solomon here in this proverb, Proverbs 26 and verse number 9, is comparing the drunkard who is either injured by a thorn or who has armed himself with a thorn or thistle. Solomon is comparing a drunkard to how a fool handles a proverb. The fool's relationship to a proverb. Now, it's important for us, before we go further, to just quickly give you some terms here. The word thorn uh, comes from an unused uh, root word in the Hebrew that means to pierce. And it is literally translated in our English Bibles in the Old Testament, bramble or thistle. The word uh, parable here in verse number 9, it says, As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. The word parable here um, literally means a, 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 a pithy maxim. It's talking about a proverb. And of course the word fool, and I kind of get a kind of get tickled when I read the definition of the word fool. I'm giving you the 
the Hebrew definitions out of either Strong's or Thayer's Greek lexicon. The word fool means fat, stupid, silly, a simpleton, or an arrogant person. And so you kind of get an idea of what of what uh, Solomon is writing about. And I said that Solomon is comparing the drunkard to either an injured person by a thorn or a person who has armed himself with a thorn. And I say that because there, there are two different takes on this proverb. If you read commentators, there are two different takes. One take is that what Solomon is saying is that the drunkard has taken up the thorn as a weapon to do harm. And then the other take on this is that the drunkard is injured by the thorn due to his inebriated condition. Now, I will tell you that I take, I take this, this latter view. And what we're going to focus today uh, on are spiritual and practical applications from the latter view. That the drunkard has somehow uh, been injured by this thorn that has gone up into his hand, and that's what's being spoken of. Uh, I will also say, and again, as uh, I think it's wise for us to do, that uh, I can't be dogmatic in this. I think there are also applications that could be made uh, with the first view, that the drunkard has taken up the thorn as a weapon, but I'm not going to spend my time on that this morning. Uh, Now, either way, either way, there are practical spiritual helps that can be learned from this thorn in the hand of the drunkard. You and I can learn uh, from Solomon's comparison as to how we ought to not be like the drunkard in the way that we deal with and relate to the Proverbs that God has given us. We ought not to be fools in dealing with the Proverbs that God has given us. I mean, we have 31 chapters of Proverbs and untold different Proverbs, and which is why I have... Uh, uh, I have been um, hesitant to preach through the book of Proverbs because, you know, it seems like each proverb could be its own little message. I do like the way that Brother Mark dealt with it by doing different categories, if you will. Uh, but the Lord just hasn't impressed upon me to cover the entire book at this point. But here in this particular Proverbs, uh, proverb, there is much for the child of God to learn as to how we are not to act as the drunkard who has a thorn that goes up into the hand, but nor are we to act like the fool that has an improper relationship to the Proverbs, but that we, we should deal with the Proverbs rightly and properly. And so this morning in the message, A Thorn in the Hand, I want to look at three responses that the drunkard has to the thorn in the hand, and I want to make these applications spiritually as to how the fool deals with Proverbs, and again, hopefully exhorting and encouraging and admonishing us not to act in the same way. So three responses that the drunkard has to a thorn in the hand. First of all, uh, this response, the drunkard is ignorance, ignorant of its presence, ignorant of the thorn's presence. Secondly, the drunkard ignores the pain that the thorn causes. And then thirdly, the drunkard is ignominious as to its profitability. And I'll explain what I mean by that as we get into the actual application. So three responses that the drunkard has to the thorn in the hand by which we should learn how to deal with the Proverbs that God has given us and not act as though we are a fool. And so the first response is the ignorance 
of its presence, the ignorance of the thorn's presence. Now, a drunkard can be injured by the thorn and not even recognize it. Would, would you agree with that or disagree with that? In fact, I want to ask you how many that you know of, or perhaps maybe even in your former life, awaken the next day with injuries that you don't even know how you got? How many awaken the next day not even remembering what they did the night prior? You see, the drunkard can be injured by the thorn. The thorn can go up into the hand and the drunkard can be ignorance, ignorant of its presence. Now, let's think about this being true because first of all, we, we know this by, by, by living. Okay, we, we, we've been around people that have been drunk at some point in our life. Uh, sadly, that's the case, but we have. We've been, you know, sadly, we've been drunk. Uh, if that applies to you. Um, we've seen how drunkards are depicted in, uh, in, in modern television and movies and things like that. We know how a drunkard acts. Okay, But I want you to think about the, the description of the drunkard in Scripture. Because Scripture gives us the description of the drunkard that would prove to us that the drunkard could have the thorn go up into the hand and be completely ignorant of its presence in the hand. How about, and by the way, I'm just going to read a number of verses this morning, and uh, it's likely that you won't be able to turn to them in time because I have them already printed out, and so if you want to just jot the references down, check me out, make sure I'm not reading to you something that's not in Scripture, uh, you'll do well on that. So let's begin with Job. Job chapter 12, verse number 25. Job is uh, speaking about the uh, wise men on the earth at that time and how that they sometimes can be confused by the wisdom of God. And in Job 12, verse 25, the Bible reads, They grope in the dark without light, and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Then in Isaiah chapter number 19 and verse number 14, uh, Isaiah the prophet writes about the Lord's judgment. And in Isaiah 19 and verse number 14, he writes, The Lord hath mingled a perverse spirit in the midst thereof, and they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof, as a drunken man staggereth in his vomit. Now you in your right mind would not wallow in your own vomit, would you? And yet the drunkard, because he's not in his right senses and is not cognizant of what's happening. He staggers, the Bible says here, uh, in his own vomit. In Isaiah chapter number 24, in verse number 20, again speaking about the judgment that the Lord will bring, the uh, prophet Isaiah writes, The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. And then in Psalm 107, in verse number 27, the Bible reads, They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wits' end. This is talking about those that are out on the high seas when the Lord brings a tempest and a storm. And then finally, in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 15, we see indication as to how the, 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 the strong drink and the one that is inebriated loses control over their own actions and senses because in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible reads, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. Now stop there talking about strong drink. It's talking about liquor. It's talking about that 
uh, which will cause them to be inebriated. It's not talking about a glass of water, okay? It's not talking about something to refresh you. It's talking about strong drink. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. Do you notice the connection between the drunkenness and looking on the nakedness? The point is to get the person inebriated. And I can tell you this, in my job, um, and you you know part of my job is to handle the adult uh, sexual assault cases in St. Clair County, uh, formerly referred to as rape, okay? We don't use that term legally anymore. It's criminal sexual assault, but it's rape. Can't tell, tell you how many of those involve somebody being drunk and somebody getting somebody drunk or trying to slip something in their drink to get them out of their mind so that they can what? Take advantage of them because the person is inebriated and their actions, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not able to, to fend the offender off. And so we're talking about the description of the drunkard. It is entirely possible for the drunkard to have the thorn go up into the hand and the drunkard not even realize it because of their inebriated condition. Now, what is the what is the application? What's the spiritual lesson that we learn? Well, now let's think about the delivery of the Proverbs. The delivery of the Proverbs. Because what Solomon is writing here in verse number 9, he says, As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. And we, we've already mentioned that when it says the mouth of fools, it's talking about... The, the relationship that a fool has to the Proverbs. I don't believe that it's necessarily talking about the, the fool speaking the proverb, but the relationship that the fool has to the proverb. And I would say to you that in our society today, by and large, fools are ignorant of the presence of Proverbs. Is that not true? And sadly, many Christians are ignorant of the presence of the Proverbs. The fool is completely ignorant of God giving us the Proverbs. As the drunkard who stumbles around reeling to and fro, inebriated, unable to walk a straight line, falls perhaps into the bramble bush and the thorn goes up into the hand and they're so drunk they don't even know it's there. How many people walk around today not realizing that God has given us the Proverbs that are designed to guide us in our daily lives? The Proverbs have been given for the benefit, not only of God's people, but of all people here on this earth. What is a proverb? We recently preached on Proverbs, and when I say recently, within the last year, okay? Uh, A couple months ago, I believe. A proverb is a precept, a pithy maxim for regulating conduct and life. Irving Jensen, who we used in our Bible survey classes in the in the Bible Institute, in Old and New Testament theology, Irving Irving Jensen wrote what a proverb is. It is a terse maxim about conduct and character primarily in the realms of spiritual, moral, and social conduct. And so it is. God has given us, He has delivered these proverbs to us, and just as the drunk man can stumble and reel to and fro and fall and get a thorn that goes up into the hand and they're ignorant of the presence of that thorn, so is the fool ignorant of the presence of the Proverbs of God. And you and I can sometimes act like the fool. We're ignorant of the presence of the Proverbs. Now remember, these Proverbs 
carry a wide array of areas that affect our daily living. Wisdom, sin, the use of our tongue, health, pride, idleness, love, pleasure, success, self-control and morals. All of these subjects are covered with Proverbs. Now, we mentioned this when we preached about Proverbs a few months ago. I think it was back in September. What do Proverbs really teach us? They teach us the fear of God. The fear of God. In fact, I think 15 times in the book of Proverbs, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord is mentioned. They teach us about God. They teach us the fear of God. And the the drunkard, as the drunkard walks around, staggering to and fro, uh, wallowing in in, in his or her own vomit, falls and the thorn goes up into the hand and they're ignorant that it's even there. So too today the fool walks around ignorant of the Proverbs of God, ignorant of these pithy maxims that God has given us that are intended to regulate our daily living. You and I should make it, uh, as we strive for consistency in 2023, we should make it a point to set the Proverbs as guideposts for daily living. Today, as we go home, we're now we're going to have a we're going to have lunch together. We're going to have an afternoon service where we get to know the Holy Spirit a little bit better. But when we go home, we ought to say, you know what? Today, for the rest of the day, I want to remember the Proverbs. I want the Proverbs to govern my conduct. I don't want to read or look at or say something that's going to dishonor the Lord in my own home or whatever it is that I do the rest of the day. I want to be as the right man that is right with God, that is wise in his fear of the Lord and not as the drunkard that has a thorn go up in the hand and he's ignorant of its presence. So the first response that the drunkard has to a thorn in the hand is that he is ignorant of its presence. The second response is that the drunkard ignores the pain that the thorn causes. Now, even if the drunkard is aware of the thorn, How many times have you seen somebody that's aware of an injury that they have and they're inebriated and drunk and they totally ignore the pain? They totally ignore what has happened to them. Think about, first of all, the drunkard's reaction to injury. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn a few chapters forward, or I guess it would be back in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 23. You know these verses well, but we cannot preach on this subject this morning without looking at Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs chapter 23, beginning in verse number 29. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 29. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? That's the thorn going into the hand of the drunkard. Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the mat, the top of a mast. Now, stop there. 
What is Solomon describing? He's describing the inebriated person who reels to and fro, who has injuries. They don't even know how they got these injuries. It, it says here in, in uh, verse number 29, wounds without cause. They walk around wallowing in their own vomit. They're completely out of control and completely out of their mind. Now, watch the last verse. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Do you notice here? Now, I know that we normally focus on these. Um, verse number 35 is teaching us that uh, there is the addiction to alcohol, right? You go through all of these horrible things, and, and, and when we wake up, we'll seek it yet again, right? You know, oh, i got to have a great time. And uh, so I go out and I get drunk on the weekend. I make a fool out of myself, and I can't wait till next Friday to do it again. You know, Darlene and I, uh, what a wonderful time we had, um, um, you know, spending the week with my most favorite person in the world. No, Brother Steve, it's not me. <laughs> you all come in a close second. Uh, but what a wonderful time we had. You know, we're staying there at the resort there at the Halicoa, and uh, I got to tell you, Maybe I shouldn't say this because it's going to be on sermon audio if anybody even listens to it. But, you know, at like 7.30 or 8, I'm in bed. I'm in bed. And Darlene's like, when are you going to bed at 7.30 or 8? I'm like, well, I don't, we don't party. You know, we're going up and everybody else is going down. You know, and the music's starting to play. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we don't do that. We don't go clubbing. Okay? We don't go out drinking. Uh... We don't do that, you know? And so all these people that are in this paradise that God has made, you know, I wonder how many of them wake up the next day and regret what happened. I will seek it yet again. But, but verse number 35 is also teaching us that there are ramifications from this strong drink and tarrying long at it. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. You know what the drunkard does a lot of times? They ignore the pain. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, and I don't want you to think ill of me. Uh, and I'm not telling this story at all to, to it, 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 for any other reason than to prove the idiocy of, of liquor. Okay? I was about 17 years old, and you all know this. I mean, I am a completely different person. The Lord has changed me. Um, I was about 17 years old. And I was out partying with my friends, and uh, we went to a friend's house. Friends are older, obviously, and uh, guy's got his own apartment. And uh, we're hanging out at the apartment and uh, drinking and, you know, doing sundry, sundry things. And uh, we come out, and it was in the winter. And I had these, you guys remember fry boots? Okay, I had these fry boots on. And, I, I, you know, he wanted us to leave them outside so we didn't track the stuff into his apartment. So we left them outside. We come out of the... I can still picture this to this day. We come out the door. My fry boots are there. I turn around to bend over to put my fry boot on. And here are the steps. And I turn around to put my fry... And, and I fell down the steps backward. Steep steps. Like, okay, this guy is what? 20-something years old. He's not living in the Ritz-Carlton. Okay? And I fall down the steps. And I'm laying at the bottom of the steps. And I hear them talking. Is he dead? Oh, yeah, I think he's dead. He might be dead. And you know what I did? 
I started laughing. Now, I got this big, you know, why do you, why, why do you look that way, Brother Bell? Uh, well, I'm going to use the excuse that I fell on the steps, okay? But the next day, you know, that night I had a, had a big, you know, abrasion, a big bruise on the side of my face. I could have died. I fell down the steps, like a, a steep flight of steps. And I'm laying there, and I, and, I, and I hear them talking, and I get up, and I'm laughing, and oh, I'm fine, and we had a great time, and I ignore the pain. Now, the next day, it hurt. But I ignored the pain. Because I was inflamed with, as Spurgeon said, that spirit concoction set on fire from hell. Okay, And I don't mean to dramatize things, but that's really what it is. The drunkard's reaction to injury is that he ignores the pain that it causes. The drunkard stumbles and falls into a a briar patch with thorns and thistles and brambles, and the thorn goes up into the hand, and what's he do? He laughs it off. He ignores the pain. Well, the Proverbs are designed to warn us to pay attention to the pain. The Proverbs are given to warn us that actions can injure us and we are to stay away from those actions. Again, I want to read to you a number of Proverbs that prove that this morning and then we're going to look at one proverb together. Proverbs 1 verse 32, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. In Proverbs 3 verse 35, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Proverbs 10 and verse 8, The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. In verse number 10 of Proverbs 10, He that winketh with the eye causes sorrow, but a prating fool shall fall. Proverbs 10 verse 21, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Proverbs 11 verse 29, He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. What is the purpose of all these Proverbs? To point out the pain that is going to happen if you disregard the Proverbs that God has given us. And what's the fool do? Ignores the pain. Ignores the pain that the thorn causes, and they're thereby reaping the consequences of it. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 7. You folks know I don't normally read lengthy passages of Scripture, but this morning I do want to read a rather lengthy passage as an illustration because it proves the point that we're talking about. The drunkard who falls into the thorn bush, and the thorn goes into the hand, and causes pain, he ignores the pain that it causes. Now watch Proverbs chapter 7, beginning in verse number 6. Proverbs chapter 7, verse number 6. And by the way, we're going to read down through the end of the chapter. Proverbs 7, verse number 6. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. What is that? That's a fool. A young man void of understanding. Verse number 8. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. 
And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth and wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impotent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me, this day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the goodman is not at home, he has gone a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Now stop there. What's being described here? This is the strange woman. And notice how she uses her fair speech to convince this young man that she's all about him. Like she got up that morning and she was just waiting for him. She did all of this for him and she causes him to yield. Now when it says that she causes him to do this, you understand that nobody's making him do this. In fact, I would submit to you that if he knew the Proverbs about taking fire in your bosom, can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burned, he would avoid what he's doing. That's the point of what we're saying. But watch, read on further with me. In verse number 22, He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Verse 24 through the end of the verse, or the chapter. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she has cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. You know what that is? That's a warning. That's a warning that there's going to be pain. You, you stay and tarry long at the strong drink and the mixed wine and don't be surprised if you fall into a, a, a bramble of, of, of thistles and thorns and you got a thorn that goes into your hand and causes you pain. Guess what? The fool that ignores the Proverbs of God, ignores the pain that they can cause, is headed for what verse number 27 describes. And you know what? If anybody would have known this, who would have known this? Solomon. Solomon would have known this. Solomon's heart was turned away from following the Lord by many women. And I don't blame the women. I blame Solomon. And so, beloved, you and I ought to learn this lesson that we should not ignore the pain that the Bible says is going to come when we forsake the ways of God. The Proverbs reveal that. The Proverbs give us ample Warning: Simon Patrick was an English theologian that lived in the 1600s and died in the early 1700s. He wrote this, But the sharpest saying no more touches a fool with any compunction, though spoken by his own mouth, than the drunkard feels the thorn when it runs into his hand and gives him a grievous wound. Ignores the pain. Ignores what the, work, what the Word of God tells us and specifically what the Proverbs tells us. There's a third response to the drunkard's thorn in the hand. And that is that the drunkard is ignominious to its profitability. Now, I don't mean to offend you this morning, but I do want to define the word ignominious. Okay, It means marked by disgrace. 
dishonor, public contempt, shameful or dishonorable quality or conduct. Now, what do we mean by this? How can the thorn in the hand be profitable? Well, here's how. When you suffer an injury, are you not more careful the next time? The drunkard that falls into or has his hand somehow have the thorn go up into the hand, you know what the drunkard should say? We should get up the... You know, I, I told you what happened to me when I was a teenager. I should have got up the next morning and said, you know what, I'll never drink another ounce of liquor again. Well, that didn't happen. Much to my shame and disgrace. You'd think falling down a flight of steps... I don't know. <laughs> Lauren's a paramedic. I mean, I think that that probably could have probably could have killed me. You'd think that would cause somebody to say, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. The drunkard should probably say, I got this thorn in my hand. By the way, I don't want to over-dramatize things. But remember when we preached on the murder of Jesus and he was platted with the crown of thorns? You remember the crown, the thorns that they found in that area could be up to two, in, two inches long, okay? They could literally be used to form that crown of mockery that they put down into the head of the, in the scalp of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the drunkard should probably say, as he gets the thorn in the hand, you know, I probably shouldn't do this. I probably should change my, act, my, my uh, actions and conduct. But what does the drunkard do? The drunkard makes fun of it and makes light of it. And you know, oh, isn't this fun? Think about the drunkard's conduct. He doesn't get the lesson that the thorn in the hand could be something profitable to tell him to change his activity, he makes fun of it. He's like the fool in Proverbs 14.9. Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. You know, it's the old, it's the old joke, you know, where your kid comes up to you when they're a little kid and they say, you know, Mom, Dad, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Why don't you stop doing that? Okay, There's profitability. We see the drunkard's conduct. He is ignominious to the thorn's profitability. But think about if the opposite were true, and instead of the, 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 the parable being in the mouth of fools, and the, the fool's relationship to the parable uh, was such that the fool learned from the parable and saw the parable's profitability. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 1. And again, we preached on the, the purpose of the Proverbs back in September, but look at Proverbs chapter number 1, verses 1 through 4, and we'll, we'll close here with these verses. We see the profitability of the Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. I know I read verses 5 and 6. I said we're going to read 1 through 4, but 5 and 6 are so important. Proverbs should cause the foolish to forsake their ways which cause pain and injury notice the purpose of the proverbs 
to obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. To have, in verse number 2, wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding. I remind you what Brother Spurgeon said about this very topic. Spurgeon said, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So there's profitability. In the Proverbs, they lead us to fear God and to attain wisdom. Uh, Notice in verse number 3, the Proverbs are given to instigate action grounded in wisdom. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. And, of course, we talked previously about how that we are to lead lives that are marked by justice and judgment. The the, The Lord God Almighty not only wants us to, He requires us to, He demands it of us. And then in verse number 4, the Proverbs are profitable in that they target an intended audience who need wisdom. And uh, again, I believe this is talking about all the people that walk on the face of the earth, but specifically he points out the, the young man. And we read Proverbs chapter number 7 and how that the young man is led astray. The simple man is led astray by the uh, strange woman. And if we were in the Proverbs, we wouldn't fall prey to that we'd be much less susceptible to falling prey to that. The Spirit of God would prick your heart when you begin to sin and give you instruction from the Word of God and call to remembrance the verses that tell you, you know what, you better stop. There's pain to be had. The Scriptures are profitable. The Word of God is profitable. We're not even going to turn to the New Testament this morning, but what did Paul write to Timothy? It's all profitable. All Scripture is profitable. And so... This morning, we think about the drunkard and the thorn in the hand. We think about the responses that the drunkard has to the thorn in the hand. And how that hopefully we will be admonished and exhorted not to make the same mistakes as it comes to the Proverbs. Ignorance of the Proverbs' presence. Ignoring the pain that the uh, Proverbs might bring if we completely just do away with them and disregard them and being ignominious to their profitability, joking and making a mockery of sin, and not realizing that God is very interested in how we deal with this life and how we walk in this life. You know, you can go to Hawaii and not lead a sinful life. I mean, you can go to Hawaii and you you can... uh, Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, it'll be a challenge if you want to hang out at the beach... I don't know how you can be a believer and hang out at the beach. Uh, I'm just saying that because, you know, I mean, people are basically naked. Uh, but you don't have to do that. You can go and you can enjoy God's handiwork and you can go to church and, you know, you can work out. Uh, I think I worked out every day that we were there except the day that we went to the Big Island. Um, enjoyed time with my favorite person in the world. You can do that and not fall into sin. You don't have to be like the drunkard who has a thorn in the hand. May God give us grace and wisdom to walk in a way that's pleasing to Him. Let's pray.